Well, we have a very important financial newsletter to explore today. Thomas Miller, hi, on the Fun Astrology Podcast, our Saturday edition, this time September 24th. One quick note in the sky before we turn to Ray Merriman's MMA Cycles newsletter. Tomorrow, the new moon. Now, new moons typically in astrology related to the financial markets indicate a high a couple of days after the new moon. One speculation is that these moons, the last full moon that we had two weeks back and this new moon are actually flipped in the markets. Well, I'm not sure about that, but if we are approaching highs, then uh, Houston, we've got a problem. Let's see what Ray Merriman says. This is, as we do every Saturday around here, from the MMACycles.com newsletter that Ray has given us permission to read and to uh, make a few comments on weekly on Saturdays. So if you go to the website, MMACycles.com, in the top bar there is free weekly forecast, and that's what we're reading. Always get started with news quotes. Let's take a look at these. First of all, from the Wall Street Journal on September 23rd, markets expected the Fed to raise its interest rate target by 75 basis points, but not that officials would also project rates would reach 4.6% in a year's time, up sharply from the peak 3.8% rate projected in June. Mr. Powell did not sugarcoat things. Inflation has to come down, he said, and that requires a softer labor market. I wish there was a painless way to do that. There isn't, he told reporters. This from CNBC also yesterday. Stocks tumbled Friday to cap a brutal week for financial markets as surging interest rates and foreign currency turmoil heightened fears of a global recession. The market has been transitioning clearly and quickly from worries over inflation to concerns over the aggressive Federal Reserve campaign, said Quincy Crosby of LPL Financial. You see bond yields rising to levels we haven't seen in years. It's changing the mindset on how does the Fed get to price stability without something breaking. This is a global macro mess that the market is trying to sort out. Now the commentary. And with that surprising and unexpected Fed commentary quoted above, the panic of a powerfully aspected Uranus during Mercury retrograde is well underway. It just so happens to be right in the middle of the time band when Jupiter, exaggeration and hysteria, is making its double semi-square from the midpoint of the fourth and final waning square between Saturn and Uranus, as outlined over the past several weeks in this column. The cosmic tsunami hurricane forecasted for financial markets during this period has lived up to its hype as several global stock indices broke their June lows. In Asia and the Pacific Rim, the Hang Seng fell to its lowest level in over 10 years. None of the other markets made new yearly lows, which is encouraging, but they did make new multi-week lows. In Europe, the German DAX and the Zurich SMI indices broke to their lowest levels since November 2020. However, the Netherlands AEX held above its June 23rd low, and the FTSE held above its lows of March. In the Americas, it was a strange week. Brazil's Bovespa rallied to its highest level since April 20th, 
and the Dow Jones Industrial Average fell to its lowest level since November 2020. But both the S&P and the Nasdaq remained slightly above their lows of June. Thus, we wait until next week to see if those divergences hold, which would fit the character of Mercury Retrograde, the trickster, who likes to break support or resistance and then quickly reverse in a fake-out. Or will they all fall lower and off the cliff, which would fit the breakout theme of Uranus when highlighted in such a powerful aspect formation as it exists today? Question mark. Dramatic market activity was also present in other financial markets. The 10-year U.S. Treasuries broke to a new 13-year low. The euro fell to its lowest level in 20 years as the dollar soared to its highest mark since May 2002. Gold fell to 16.36 per ounce for the October contract, its lowest mark since April 2020. And crude oil broke below $80, its lowest level since January 10th. These are not minor market moves. These are Uranus-like major disruptions, compounded by the presence of the overdone nature of Jupiter. Now the short-term geocosmics and longer-term thoughts. Three quotes to get this section started. From the Wall Street Journal, also on Friday. There are indignities not even the much battered Japanese yen can bear, and falling below 145 to the dollar turns out to be one of them. Tokyo intervened in the foreign exchange market Thursday for the first time in 24 years to try to manage the fallout from Western Central Bank's go-it-alone tightening strategies. That again from the Wall Street Journal yesterday. This is also from the Wall Street Journal, but from Thursday. While the pace of rate increases has been fast in recent months, the story of last year is how long it took the Fed to act. The median Fed projection for its target rate for 2022 has climbed from 0.9% last December to 1.9% in March, 3.4% in June, and now at 4.4%. That march upwards reflects the Fed's historic misjudgment in how high inflation would increase and how persistent it would turn out to be. One cost of delay will be slower economic growth. And then finally, this quote from September 2nd on CNBC.com. The average burden per U.S. taxpayer for the new federal student debt cancellation is $2,503, according to new estimates from the National Taxpayers Union, a fiscally conservative advocacy group. Now the next section of the newsletter. The idea of a soft landing appears to have ended with a loud and deafening thud. With Uranus, major support zones broke. With Jupiter, the amplitude of the sell-off exceeded ordinary corrections, and now we have to deal with global hysteria and panic, the downside of Jupiter, who normally relishes hope and optimism. With Saturn, fear now dominates greed. With all three planets combined, we have panic, hysteria, and the collective sense that a crash is unfolding right before our eyes. There's going to be plenty of blame thrown around. It is this author's opinion, Ray Merriman, who has been studying this since at least the 1980s, early 1980s. 
He says, it is my opinion that it started with the supply chain disruptions initiated by former President Trump's tariff wars in 2019 and 2020. As stated in this column at that time, the last major tariff war was the Smoot-Hawley Tariff Act of June 1930, which contributed to the Great Depression as it signaled U.S. isolationism. It is happening again. True, there was no inflation at the time Trump started these tariff wars until he reluctantly left office. But that is when the supply chains began to break down, which became a major contributor to the inflation problems of today. It's a lagging indicator. But currently, there is President Biden's spending spree and the shutting down of energy pipelines, supplies, which started soon after he took office and continues today. His economic policies for increasing consumer demand by enacting some of the largest spending programs in U.S. history was exactly the opposite economic policy needed to bring prices down. This is not an act of inflation reduction. This was a time that called for increasing supplies to bring prices down, not increasing debt and spending and shutting down the source of supplies that could contain inflation, primarily energy prices. And then there was the Fed's own curious and historic misjudgment of inflation that was soon to spiral out of control as its zero-interest rate and quantitative easing policies were kept in effect far too long, as indicated by the Wall Street Journal articles quoted above. The overly stimulative fiscal and monetary policies of 2021 contributed mightily to the end of the bull market and economic growth that we struggle with today. This could cause another major economic depression, and I am certain that this is not the legacy that Chairman Powell wants to leave for his term. I am still curious to see whether he will pivot soon, despite his hawkish proclamations. He is, after all, a lawyer, not an economist. His economic projections have not been correct, but his arguments have seemed convincing. Until now. Is there any hope from our understanding of the cosmos? Actually, there is. This is the middle of the cosmic storm. Saturn will slowly begin to leave its 45-year waning square to Uranus next week. Jupiter will continue making another passage of its semi-squares to Saturn and Uranus until December 24, 2022, and March 21, 2023, respectively, after which time Jupiter will move towards its sextile to Saturn on June 19, 2023. It is during this period that the cosmos suggests to me, that's Ray Merriman, that inflation will start to come down, and the blame game, along with extremist activities and beliefs, will start to give way to moderate efforts to rebuild and work together to repair the broken social and economic structures. It would also indicate another rising stock market as we head towards years 5 to 7 of the Jupiter-Saturn waxing cycle that started with their conjunction back in December 2020. Typically, stock markets peak then, 
but then it's followed by another collapse, which we will cover in this year's 2023 forecast book. For the next week, we find powerful geocosmic aspects still unfolding. The Sun is in between its oppositions to both Neptune and Jupiter, September 16th through 26th. Venus is also in opposition to both Neptune on the 24th and Jupiter on October 1st. And Jupiter completes its second semi-square to Uranus on September 28th. With so much activity involving Jupiter and Neptune, we may see a reversal in crude oil. We may also see an escalation in the collective sense of hysteria and panic. For any time Jupiter and Neptune are highlighted, there is usually irrational exuberance or a sense of panic as things seem to fall out of control. But as the new moon also begins this week, Sunday, September 25th, tomorrow, and these hard aspects begin to separate, the height of this hysteria may also wane from its peak. As stated in our recent Twitter feeds, if you can't stand the wind, go inside and close the door until the storm passes. It will soon be time to return to the world of financial markets as they calm down and start behaving in more normal patterns. Of course, the more quote-unquote normal pattern may be that of a bear rather than a bull. But one can do well then, too, if the bear is understood, respected, and not agitated by the trickster and Uranus stepping uninvited into its lair. And that's the end of this week's newsletter. I was prompted after reading through this to call up the United States chart, which Robert Glasscock has pretty much convinced me that a good one is the widely accepted Sibley chart of 5.10 p.m. on July 4th, 1776, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and then to put up the solar arc chart, which is the progressed chart moving all of the planets on the chart one degree per year for all of these years since 1776, and then to also put on top of that the transit chart. Now, here's the interesting thing. Obviously, as you know, you put these charts up. We can put a chart up for 150 years from now and read what is going on on that day, and nothing changes the sky, the planets, the, nothing will change. They will be there in 150 years. So one of the aspects that we've been looking at with the United States chart over the last several years is this solar arc conjunction between solar arc Saturn crossing and conjuncting with the United States natal Mars, which is in Gemini exactly where Mars is today. So as I put this triple combo up of the United States natal chart, solar arcs, and transits, Mars transiting over Saturn, which is right at two degrees now away from that natal Mars. So two years, Saturn now is applying to the United States Mars, and transiting Mars is sitting right on top of all of that. And Mars is going to cross over, turn retrograde, cross over again, turn direct, and cross over again. So we're not getting away from this one. So then you look at what's going on around you. This is the aspect that Robert Glasscock has been 
calling a potential civil war. A lot of people say it's not two years out. We're in it now. Mars in Gemini, the twin, the division, the the dual sign, the plurality of Gemini. We are indeed. We're split. We're split in more than one way. We're split according to politics. We're split according to medical decisions. We're split according to economics now. So are we moving more toward or more away from this conflict? I think we'd have to say, as amplified by the financial markets this week, that we are moving more toward this aspect's fullest potential. And that's just one of several aspects. Remember, the other big aspect in the United States chart in the second house of money and finances is the Pluto return, where Pluto is sitting right on top of where it was in 1776 and will have done so exactly three times by the end of this year. It has hit already twice, and the third one will be in December. That is transformation at best, death and rebirth more accurately, of the United States money, possessions, self-value. Well, none of these changes, none of these aspects, if they fulfill, and they should, are going to come easily. This is more like the 25,000-foot perspective. What Ray is giving us is the more like 2,500-foot perspective. (laughs) You're flying on top of the trees almost, but you're looking at more of the what could happen immediately, which is, of course, very much the nature of somebody who writes a financial newsletter. It's a daily-slash-weekly kind of prognostication. So in the macro, as we take what Ray was saying of Yes, this Jupiter-Uranus and then, of course, the tie to the Jupiter-Saturn affecting these markets right now has created this chaos. And then as we zoom back and out and we see the whole United States context, what I see is more zigs and zags along a rocky path. I say that not to be negative, to be dour, to be down, to <laughs> or anything else. I say that to, to just simply say that the chart is pointing to future challenges for the United States chart. And I don't want you to be surprised. Now, all of this, let's just put the disclaimer in right here, is not financial advice. This is Ray Merriman's newsletter, read as written, along with my astrological commentary, as we do here Monday through Saturday. You need to seek financial advice from a licensed professional and not this recording to make financial decisions. What I hope this does is if you believe in astrology and you have seen astrology unfold accurately in your own life, I've got a story from this week. I'll have to figure out how to weave that in this coming week. I've got a great horary astrology story. But if you believe this, then you definitely want the context. And this is my opinion and my opinion only, at least based on astrology. So the markets have shown us that this is serious business. We hear what the World Economic Forum's 2020 plan is. We hear what the United Nations plan is. Digital currency is part of that. Reshaping the financial systems is in the chart. Mars, Uranus, Saturn, even Pluto are all big players in this in the chart right now. And all of that, if you follow astrology, should mean that you are looking at changes from current realities. And those changes now are starting to amplify. We are more at the beginning, in my opinion, than the end. 
And I think between what Ray has allowed us to do by quoting his newsletter, what Robert is offering us, and what we're covering in Old Soul, New Soul with Robert Glasscock, and what we do Monday through Friday is as great of preparation as we can do in order to stay on all kinds of Zoom lenses on this whole situation. So that's my commitment to you is to keep all of that coming and flowing as these things unfold ahead of us. All right. Hope that helps. We've got a great listener question tomorrow back on Monday. Go out and make it a wonderful weekend and we'll see you back tomorrow morning for a great question. Bye-bye now.